3: Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Now, look back at the second day's play in the second test in Gaul, a full day of cricket, and actually Sri Lanka in a pretty good position, though England have fought back well in the last session. 381 all out Sri Lanka, England 98 for two, dominated that reply by Joe Root. Uh, England still 283 behind. Uh, Simon how, how does it look to you uh, you know it, obviously roots played a fantastic innings and the other star of the day from England's point of view jimmy anderson 6 for 40 remarkable but can england do you think they've got the depth to to get back to parity with sri lanka uh, with, uh, the pitch is starting to offer and my worry is that after dan lawrence next in
1: there isn't that much conviction to the way England play spin. It sort of feels it depends how many Joe Root gets. I mean, he made 228 in the first game. He batted brilliantly after tea. It was as, as well as I've ever seen him play, I think. It was a magnificent innings. I know he scored 200 in the first innings. He played really well, but it was the pressure of the situation. Five for two. He didn't have much time to recover after being in the field for 140 overs. And he comes out and he scored 67 off... 77 balls against the spinners. And that sounds as though he's gone out there and just smashed it every way. He hasn't. He's nudged it. He's played the reverse sweep. He's played the controlled sweep. And it's just been a brilliant demonstration of, of batting against spin. And, you know, who knows? He Perhaps he's got another really big innings in him. OK, on a pitch like this against spinners, DRS... You know, you're one small mistake, one big mistake away from you know being on your way. Of course, so that it's fraught with danger. But he's played so well. So while he is there, in you know, who knows what England can achieve in the game? You'd have to say you'd rather be in, in Sri Lanka's position, although not necessarily Sri Lanka's position in the series, of course, because they're one nil down. But what was noticeable, I think, the bottom line is, first day there was not much spin at all, if if any. Or England spinners weren't able to extract any. Second day there was some spin for England spinners, and then Sri Lanka spinners were able to find some as well. So, what you wonder is what this pitch is going to be like fourth, fifth day, and that's going to be the, one of the really crucial aspects of this Test match.
3: Yeah, I mean Root's expertise against spin uh, is—I I think he's the best player of spin England have ever had. And you know that includes Graham Gooch, who we'll hear from shortly, uh, who we had in our virtual cricket club the other night, and others like uh, Mike Gatting, obviously Alistair Cook, exceptional innings in the subcontinent, Kevin Peterson as well, uh, Graham Thorpe, uh, Alan Knott going back in time. You know there've been some pretty good players of spin from England. Keith Fletcher was another one, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I just think outstanding route, outstanding. And if you look at his average, his average in India is is over 50 and his average in Sri Lanka is 65. So that tells you something. His overall test average is only 47. So ironically, he's better against non-English type bowlers than he is against the sort of English seam type, English seamers or Australian seamers. He seems more vulnerable to the ball moving around at a quick pace than he does against spin, which is... Odd contrast to what you'd expect. Of course, he started his test career in India, in Nagpur, and just looked totally at home, even though that was a very slow innings. But it, it, I guess, you know, the two things about Root's innings are that, that it, it's brilliance from him, but it sort of almost um, exacerbates the inadequacies of some of the other players, perhaps.
1: Well, Joe Root will be feeling you know really good tonight, as he, is, he contemplates the, you know, the innings he's played and the one in the, the first test as well. Dom Sibley will be going, you know, to his hotel room tonight and thinking, you know, what does the future hold for me potentially, uh, for Test matches in India? I say potentially. Who knows what's going to happen there? And you know, dismissed by Embal-Denier again, as was Zach Crawley. So that's three successive Test matches that Embal-Denier has taken out England's two openers, all for single digit scores. And so you you do fear a bit for Sibley in India, the series that is coming up. What I would say there, of course, is it won't just be a test from the spinners in India. It'll also be a test from the pace bowlers, and he seems a bit better equipped to, to deal with that. India's spinners for that series, well, there's At Patel, who's their left-arm spinner in place of Jadeja. He's been brought into the squad. There's Ashwin, of course, off spinner, Kuldeep, Yav, Kuldeep Yadav, wrist spinner, and Washington Sundar, off spinner. So there's that one left-arm spinner Acha Patel, who, you know, is a relative novice in test match terms. So that's what's ahead as far as Dom Sibley is concerned. Of course, the likes of Bumrah and Ishant and Siraj and Taka, whoever India come up with in their pace bowling attack. So what what do the selectors do? Here's another thing, uh, yours. what do the selectors do? They're sent best as going home. And he's playing well again. He's played well in the series. You almost feel it's going to be a strange situation. because Burns is coming back, hasn't played any cricket. And then you've got Sibley and Crawley. You haven't got any runs against spin in Sri Lanka unless they come up with something in the second innings. Meanwhile, Bairstow, who has done well in in Sri Lanka, has played well again uh, this evening, is heading home for the first two test matches. It's it's a bit of a mess, isn't it, really?
3: Yeah, it is. I I suppose... The, the one positive note is that I think India will open the bowling with Seam from both ends, Yeah. Uh, whereas the Sri Lankans have started Dembuldenia in each Test match. He's opened the bowling from one end. And it is hard playing spin with the new ball because the odd one turns, but a lot just goes straight on, as, say, Sibley found in the second innings of the first Test and, to a lesser extent, in this innings as well. <laughs> you know, you, it's harder to know how to, to play the line, because you're not sure if it's going to turn or if it, or if it's just going to skid straight on with the shiny new ball. I don't think that India will do that. I think they'll be more conventional and open the bowling with seam at both ends. And the pitch in Chennai will probably be flat for two or three days. It might turn towards the end, but I don't think it'll challenge the opening pair as much with spin, uh, early on anyway, as, as this situation has. But they do have to look at their method as well. And, you know, I'll I tell you what, I learned something from, bizarrely, I mean, I wasn't a very good batsman, but I was always trying to improve. And I actually played against Middlesex, playing for Durham, my old colleagues, on a spinning pitch at Lords, And I was determined to not let John Embry and Phil Tufnell, who were my colleagues for years and years, uh, get me out, right? So I, I had a look at how... People like Graham Gooch and, you know, a few others, Mike Gatting, played spin. And I totally, just for this one innings, or one one four-day game anyway, I changed my technique. And I tried to align, it's about alignment, especially against the left-arm spinner. You can't really afford to be front-on, as the the common trend is of batting in, you know, especially against seam bowling. There's a lot of of front-on batting. I think you have to be much more side-on against left-arm spin and, and kind of get the left shoulder, if you're right-handed, get the left shoulder leading. What's happening with both Crawley and Sibley is their right shoulder is coming through and their chest on. They're basically playing across the line of the spinning ball. And what I tried to do against Tuffers, who was a you know, really good spin bowler, and this was a helpful pitch at Lord's in August, was I tried to almost realign my body so that my left shoulder was almost pointing at mid-off or almost extra cover and tried to use my body in that line as the guide to to how my back came down so i almost came down what you might call inside out sort of from mm. leg stump through to the off side instead of the common trend which is from sort of gully across to mid on that's the kind of that's what sibley does for instance and that's just going straight across the line of a left-arm spinner. And I, amazingly, I found, i mean, as I say, I wasn't a very good player, but I had a, a reasonable technique. And I got 30 or 40 runs on a really difficult pitch. I think I was top scorer in one innings at Laws against Tuffers and, and Embers. And they were like, how did you do that, mate? How did you do that? Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Well, I, it was just kind of watching other people and changing your alignment so that you're playing through a plane that comes from leg side to off against the left-arm spinner, and obviously against the off-spinner turning, it's it got to be the reverse. You need to be coming from third slip through to mid-on to ride the spin, which is what Johnny Bairstow did very well. And if you look at the way that Bairstow and Root played those two spinners today in Gaul, that's exactly what they did. They tried to defend the off-spinner through the mid-on, mid-wicket area, and they tried to defend the left-arm spinner through through the offside, going with the direction of spin and it, it worked brilliantly
1: and that touches on something graham gooch was saying the other evening about you know you can do all the coaching but when it comes down to it, it's when you go out into the middle it's about the decisions that you make and how you are going to play and it was actually a fascinating evening uh, with Graham. i mean really passionate talking about you know c- coaching and batting and also he talked about Joe Root didn't he? And he talked about sweeping, and he talked about how you play it, and he talked about Root's technique. So let's hear from Graham Gooch.
2: I think his style of sweeping is quite unique, actually, because Mm. he picks the length. Okay, generally with sweep sweeping, it's how can I describe it? It's in your mind as a player. You're looking for the shot, but the ball has to meet the right criteria. Genuinely. Or gen, you, It would be the ball you play for defensive to normally is the one that you would be looking to sweep, right? And, you, and the reason you're sweeping it on a turning wicket is to rotate the strike to try and show the, the bowler that, you know, you're picking his length and he can't just drop the ball on the spot. You're trying to disrupt his rhythm, really you're not always looking to hit it for four sometimes you're just looking to rotate the strike i think Joe's or, or manipulate the field as well as well I correct suppose. correct uh, well i'll come to that in a minute but joe's sweeping he doesn't really get his foot unless he's playing the dab sweep he doesn't get his foot to the off side of the ball generally mm. it's generally to the leg side of the ball yeah. and he backs himself to hit it and as you say when it's a ball you could get a straight back to a drive because because normally part of sweeping is you hit their length balls through square leg with a sweep or, or a dab sweep. And that that normally gets the spinner. No no spinner likes to be swept, I can tell you that. So they bowl fuller. And then mm. that's when you bring the, the straight-back shots into it, which are normally quite dangerous if you're taking on straight-back shots unless you're hitting with the spin, you know, on a turning wicket, unless it's very full. So he's, he's got a particular style, but he, he, he watches the ball and he picks the right ball. And the other thing I think important about s- sweeping You don't go for it every ball, okay? You know, you you mix it up. It's like a mixed game. So you keep the bowler guessing and you mix it up. I was very fortunate in my early days. I had Keith Fletcher. We played a wet wickets where you had to lap. You've heard the word lap. Lap was another name for a sweep, for a ball outside off stump, basically, where you put your foot outside the line and hit the ball to the leg side. I watched Alan Knott when I played with him and I learned from him how to manipulate the ball. And I'll give a quick lesson to everyone (laughs) listening, is if you wanna hit the ball square, generally, you take the ball in front of your pad, okay? Roundabout off stump, okay? If you wanna hit it in front of square like Joe does, you'd have to keep your leg to the leg side of the ball, okay, which exposes your stumps, but what would we say? Acceptable risk, okay? If you wanna get it behind square, you get your leg to the offside of the ball, so the ball is behind your pad. So when you play it, it goes more 45 down that way. In the days of one day cricket, you know, where they couldn't have a fielder everywhere, you know, Notty was an absolute genius at manipulating yeah. the ball.
3: I just love the way Root played and and Gooch's sort of assessment of it as well, those range of sweeps. And he uses it almost like a defensive shot. I mean, it's almost his default. Against, especially against the off-spinner, and and well, both in fact. Uh, You know, he just he's so confident of playing that shot. And you know, we actually we talked on one of these other podcasts about it doesn't have to be the middle of the bat every time. And a couple of times he got a bottom edge, he got a bit of a glove on one. But as long as you get something on it, it doesn't really matter. And as long as you've thought it out and figured out the field and tried to avoid you know, people in the catching positions or people saving one, uh, worked absolutely brilliantly.
1: A uh, Bear Stoke sort of followed suit. Thing about Bester as well is that, and it, this shows how well that Root played. I think is that Bester was looking to be positive as well. It wasn't as though you know Bester was de- just defending and trying to survive. He he was looking to be positive. He scored twenty four of sixty five balls. Root is sixty seven of seventy seven balls. And there's one remarkable over he faced against Emboldenia where he he hit him for four, swept him before good contact. Next ball reverse swept him before. Emble Denier, under pressure, dropped short. Thanks very much. That's a freebie. He cut him for four. And then Emble Denier quite a good delivery that, that turned and bounced a fraction. Root was right back in his crease, and he sort of cuffed it away for two. It was such skillful batting. It was almost like taming a snake. Um, and and, <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's what it felt like. And I, you know, the, the challenge for, for Root and for best and the rest is to tame that snake on, on the third day. Uh, you know, I, we, we thought... Uh, this day's play would be really decisive in the test. How many Sri Lanka are going to score? What are England going to reply with? Well, the game is still in the balance, really. You, you, Sri Lanka got those runs on the board. So tomorrow, we'll have a really good idea, I think. If England falls short, then Sri Lanka can make all the running in this match. But if England can get up to Sri Lanka's total, which they should be able to do, perhaps not necessarily by the close of play, but if you know if Root plays well again, then it, it, it's possible. So we'll, we'll sort of have an idea whether England are going to be able to save, possibly win the match? Of course, they'd love to win the game for World Test Championship points. Although you know it's going to be really hard for them to make the finals. They have to, they'd have to go and win in India as well. You you reckon something like three nil for England to, to make the World yeah. Test Championship?
3: Uh, and they won't have Bearstow, will they? For the first. Two what, do tests anyway, what do you think about that?
1: What do you think about that? I think
3: a, I think he's I think he's a really reassuring presence at number three. But the fact that he's going home, well. Uh, it, it, I guess it's understandable. You know, these guys have been away a long time. They, they, I think, they have got to share the load. I mean, England have got you know potentially eighteen tests this year, as well as a lot of one day cricket. You're going to have to share the load a bit. And uh, obviously, it's it's alien to a lot of people. I'm in the side for a couple of tests, then I'm not not in it again. It must be mentally quite difficult, but. Especially, actually, funnily enough, I think when you're playing in spin conditions with men round the bat and, you know, rabbit in your ear from the wicketkeeper close up and all that, it's pretty wearing. And you can't go out at night and do anything to escape from the game. So I, I do think a bit of time away is probably valuable.
1: The only thing I would say about that, and it's the point that Michael Vaughan is, is making today, and we were chatting off air as well, is that what, what are you coming back to? you talk about you can't go out in the evening you're coming back to winter you're coming back to lockdown at home you you can't go out, you can't See your friends, whereas if you're in Sri Lanka, you're in India. It's you know the weather's warm. You're with your colleagues, and you're doing the job that you presumably love. And actually, he's in good form. You know, he's played really well so far. It's been a really encouraging batting from Johnny Bairstow. And I suppose you're trying to win back your place in the Test side. I've I I've said to you earlier, early in the week or, or last week, I think he's in the you know the top six. Best batsman in in England. I think he should be in the England side. And you know, for one reason or another, things have changed for him over the last couple of years. And you know, one day game, he's changed his technique, etc., etc. But you know, and there we go. That's his decision. He the word is that he asked for that break then. Because he has been in the bubble for a long time, and yeah, I, I accept that that you know has its own pressures and difficulties. Yeah, uh, I think you have to listen to the players. Yeah, fair enough. A, fair a enough. Bit, That's fair enough. Know, I, t- I, t- I mean, it may
3: be a mistake, it, it, you know. And as you say, not coming back to much. It's not like he's got two kids to come home to that are little, and you know he's got a wife who's having really having trouble, struggling to look after them, homeschooling and all that. I mean, I don't know what his domestic situation is, but I know he hasn't got any kids. Uh, so that is a slightly different scenario. Um, I think he'll miss it as soon as he's home. He'll probably wish he was back there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Yeah. No. No. Cold day and wherever he lives, you know, or, you know getting dark at four thirty in, in the afternoon, getting light at seven thirty, whatever. Anyway, it, that, that's that's his decision. That is absolutely fine, and I've no problem with that. It just, it just seems to me he's all It's a sort of odd situation, really, when you're playing well, you think you want to go on and continue and. and Continue to play well and 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 advance your cause and and help England's cause in what's going to be a a really difficult series in India. But you know you you go home and it opens up an opportunity for for someone else to to come in. And there, you know there will have to be that rotation during the year. I mean, normally you think about rotating the boulders, don't you, to rest them? But you know, there's, a, there's a situation with the. With the batters as well, the batsmen coming in. So there we go. Anyway, it, it'll, but it'll mm. be sort of it'll feel quite perverse if you know Bester goes out there tomorrow and you know, knocks a hundred, and then that's it. Well, thanks very much, and then we'll, we'll see you in <laughs> you know, however long. Uh, but, yeah, but there we go. Late February. That, that's bio yeah, bubble cricket. And it,
3: it it is it is it's it's unforeseen, unexpected, difficult circumstances, and that not all the right decisions are made. As far as the, the game is concerned, and looking at the pitch, uh, you know it was interesting, you pointed out that the Sri Lankan spinners turned the ball almost from ball one, whereas the England spinners hadn't had much out of the pitch. And Ironically, it was all seam, wasn't it, when mm. England took the wickets. All the ten wickets that fell were to seamers, six to Anderson, one to Curran, and three to Mark Wood. And the England spinners, between
1: them... Roughly 0 for 200. Yep, 64 overs, 7 maidens, 0 for 195 with the England spinners. And it's the first time that all 10 wickets have fallen to pace in a test match in Sri Lanka since 2001, and the first time ever... At Gaul, you wouldn't have put a lot of money on that, would you <laughs> before but, but the what does match. it say
3: does it say does it, it does it uh, accentuate the brilliance of England's faster bowlers or rather expose the inadequacy of the spinners I'd say it's it's mainly the latter. I just think that that neither Jack leach or, or Don Bess are have got the technique to take wickets against good players of spin, and the, the simple reason for that is that they're not accurate enough. Uh, against international class players, and also their both their actions don't create enough angle because they're both either beyond the vertical or right over the top. They don't get the drift one way and then spin the other, which makes... Someone like Emboldenia much more dangerous because he comes from. He's a more round-arm spinner like Rangana Harath was. So he gets that drift into the right-hander and then the spin away. So I think Leach and, and Bess have got a number of problems. They're not accurate enough. Firstly, secondly, they don't turn the ball enough, and thirdly, they don't get that drift in and then spin away. So they are just much easier to play. Uh, it, it's just a shame, and I, uh, you know, one hopes that they. Can improve and develop. I think Bess potentially could spin the ball more, and he, you know, shows potential. Jack Leach, to me, doesn't turn the ball much, and therefore, you know, you need to turn the odd ball, and then you get the batsman indecisive, and not, well, he especially doesn't.
1: It was the sixty-second over when there was first evidence of spin. So it, it took a long time. The pitch was good for batting on, on the first day, and there is more, there was more there. But of course, there, there was a bit more there today. The ball did spin a bit for, for Leach and Bess, and they weren't able to make the breakthrough for England. Having said that, when you saw two good players of spin go out there for England, then Emboldenia was was nullified. And actually, if you look at it, I mean, whatever you say, and and you and you know t- to me, what you say makes perfect sense. That actually Dominic Bess has still taken more wickets in this series so far than Lassie Th- Emboldenia. But that might change over the course of the next uh, three days. Sri Lanka, it, 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 it's it's going to be really interesting because Sri Lanka have got to make the running. And you, could, I mean, I can see a scenario where. England are batting out the last day potentially to, to save the game or perhaps even even win it and they might be tantalised by the thought of, of winning the game and chasing those World uh, Test Championship points but it feels like it's got some legs in it uh, this match, I mean, we talk about spinning. I mean, it's not not ragging like it did in the, in the last test match. But, uh, but Michael, as I said, has been with today. I mean, he says the thing about Gaul is it, it tends to go quite quickly. So you you think, oh, this pitch is fine. It'll, it'll gradually deteriorate and it, it goes quickly. But we'll, we'll see. Um, mm. Sometimes we often look at subcontinent pitches. And, oh, it's going to by the fifth well, way. Wait, you wait till the fifth day. It'll be turning square, going round corners, going underground. Uh, and then, you know, you find teams can play and survive and, and, and sometimes thrive. So, excellent test match. It's been a really interesting test match, actually. And a good fight back from Sri Lanka after the first two days of the of the series when they were miserable, really. Dreadful, cr- dreadful cricket and England were totally controlled. But since then, it's been a, a much better contest uh, between these two sides. And uh, three days left. I'm really looking forward to it. A masterclass from
3: James Anderson with the ball, we must uh, at least mention that. 29 overs, 13 maidens, 6 for 40, the oldest ever seamer to take five wickets in Sri Lanka. And also, you know, interestingly, people have said, oh, you know, Jimmy Anderson, he's a fantastic bowler in England, doesn't do it away from home. Well, his average in the subcontinent is 29.01, which is uncannily exactly the same as Kapil Dev's average in the subcontinent. And Kapil Dev was you know, obviously one of India's greatest ever bowlers and uh, took 400-odd wickets, I think about 250 in the, in the subcontinent, and he averaged 29 as well. So Anderson's in good company there. It was an, a, a masterclass of, of how to bowl on an unhelpful pitch, just probing away on that immaculate line and length ball after ball, with just a hint of movement, sustaining his pace and uh, asking a question every ball, the original forensic examiner.
1: His figures are incredible, aren't they? I mean, they're spinners' figures, really. It's so rare that you see a pace bowler with those sort of figures. 29 overs, 13 maidens. Six for forty. Those are the, those are the sort of figures you expect to see from a spinner who is bowling in the last innings on a helpful pitch. So you know, with a team looking to resist and block out and try and play for a draw, and no no thought on trying to win the game. And he's taking them on the in the first innings of a of a goal test match where we're expecting spin to hold sway, and it, it, it's the pace bowlers. Brilliant from Anderson. I mean, one thing you might say is that Sharanka were a bit timid against him. They sort of sat in. Could they have been a bit more aggressive? I don't know. But he doesn't give you much to to hit and he he just finds enough movement and you know he he was there again today. Uh, back again for more. Um he was supposed to be he was I mean, he was supposed to be long gone by now, but he just, <laughs> just seems to be he just seems getting to be better. As, and good, better. As, as well, you know, as good as ever anyway, or as good as he's been. I mean, he's been his figures in recent years are are superb. Uh, England were well, desperately hoping that he can keep it going for at least another 10 months or so, 11 months or so, something like that anyway, and then they can reassess and whatever he can reassess. But perhaps he, wants, he, he did say once he wants to play until he's forties. I see no reason why not. And actually, you, you think, really, Jimmy? Do, do you really believe that? And then the, the more you see him out there, the more you think, well, perhaps, yeah, he does believe it. And yeah, perhaps it is possible.
3: Age is just a number. Simon, we've got to remember that. Um, Anyway, we'll we'll be back tomorrow with another uh, look back at the third day's play. But before uh, we say goodbye, just a couple of things to mention. Firstly, the virtual cricket club, we've got Tammy Beaumont and Heather Knight in the virtual cricket club next Thursday night. And the following week, we've got Ian Botham. Who's going to do a bit of a wine tasting uh, as well as talking about 40 years ago and that epic 1981 Ashes series and all things in between? Uh, a little bit about his wine making as well. Uh, so that is Thursday, the 4th of February, and you can sign up to both of those events by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com world'sbestcricketclub.com. We'd really like to see lots of you there. You can ask direct questions to our guests and win memorabilia as well. And just one other thing to mention, uh, the new issue of the Cricketer magazine is out this weekend. Uh, It's got a picture of a a ball in a globe on the front cover, Uh, quite an artistic impression of the world. And we've posed the question on the front cover, who runs the game? Where does the real power lie? We've got some top writers assessing who actually does run the game. Is it all controlled by India? Is it all controlled by broadcasters? Uh, is there a, a bit of a share out of this ownership? Uh, we've got, as I say, three top writers, including Gideon Hay, the star Australian columnist, and Shield Berry, our own Shield Berry from Daily Telegraph and Sunday Telegraph as well and there is also in there uh, an interview that I did with Ian Watmore the new chairman of the ECB who's taken over from Colin Graves and I love his last line actually when I asked him uh, about how would he like to be remembered as the chairman of the ECB he said it's not about me it's about the game I just want the game to flourish and especially Test Cricket. Well, we've had an amazing week of Test Cricket already, and hopefully it will continue tomorrow. So we'll speak to you then.
1: Goodbye for now.